Good morning. I wanted to share a bit of news with you. Uh, for the past two and a half years, I've been the Congregational Life Minister here. It's been a time of many challenges, many joys. I've grown uh, personally and developed personally and professionally. I've been stretched, uh, as many of us have. I've served in many ways that I did not expect. But the past several months have brought on many changes in my life, uh, given me opportunity to reflect deeply on where I've been and the direction that I am headed. And I've been reflecting on my physical, mental, and spiritual health and the needs of my family. I've sought God's guidance and discernment in this process in many, many conversations, many, many prayers. And uh, I have come to the decision that I'm going to retire in my position as Minister for Congregational Life here. Having said that, uh, I want to continue and plan to continue as one of your shepherds here at East Sunshine. Sharon and I want to continue to be actively involved and engaged in this congregation. Uh, so many of you we love so much and have known for so many years, and so we plan to continue to see what, how God will be using us in new ways and serving in new ways. My passion is to serve in quiet ways, and that is what I want to continue to do. I am excited about the direction and the vision for East Sunshine and where we're headed, and I want to be a part of that. And uh, I'm excited to see how God is going to use me and you, Sharon, and I in that way. So I ask for your prayers for continued support and encouragement as uh, we continue on this journey together. We're going to take a moment and just pray over Josh and Sharon. Holy Father, we're just uh, so thankful for who you are and that you are a God who loves us so deeply and is with us at all times. We, we want to honor him in his decision um, as he, I know, has been in much prayer and thought with you about the direction that he uh, would go from here. But we are so thankful that, that he has seen fit to, uh, to continue to be a shepherd. We thank you so much for he and Sharon and the lives that they live for you and the way that they love this congregation and, and serve this congregation. And, and we just thank you for the, that... Uh, continued blessing on us. So we just pray for his uh, physical, mental, and spiritual strength for both of them as they strive to serve you in the best way that they know how and that, uh, that their eyes are open to the, your leading in everything. And Lord, I just pray for our congregation as a whole that um, there's a new excitement and anticipation 
as we move forward from these days and where where you are taking us and to know that you you are in the lead and that as long as we stay focused and our eyes on you that it will be right it will be right may we love one another with your heart see one another with your eyes And we thank you for your son, Jesus, who makes us all possible and who gives us the freedom to live life in you. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Josh and I have been friends for a long, long time. So uh, I'm grateful for you and Sharon. and um, I'm grateful for you came in at a tough time. And uh, part of why we're where we are today is because of the way that you poured yourself out. And you made yourself, oh boy, you stretched yourself in so many ways. So uh, we're grateful for that. And um, I'm grateful that we get to continue uh, in leadership of this church uh, because of what you bring and your gifts and your heart and your passion. And uh, uh, so it's bittersweet, <laughs> uh, definitely. I really didn't have that in mind when I uh, thought I would title my message this morning, When Everything Changes. But I guess that's just the way that, uh, that the Holy Spirit works and the way that God leads. But before we get to that, I want to remind you that uh, this Wednesday, um, since we were iced, snowed out last Wednesday, we're, we're going to have sanctuary this coming Wednesday night. So it'll be uh, bring your own dinner. We'll gather here at the tables. And then at 6.30, the band will play and we'll have a time of worship and praise together. So that'll be uh, this week. And then, as you probably have already seen in your bulletin, um, if, you, uh, if you haven't already, save the date for our great bowling adventure uh, together as a family. So we've rented out the bowling alley, and uh, free bowling, free shoes, but you know, that's like 100 bucks a person right there. And uh, there's some information about how you can participate in that, but we're just trying to find ways that we can be together as a congregation and that we can have some joy and some fun together. So that's a great thing. And then finally, I want to thank the uh, children for not turning in, in, in any puzzles last week because I was able to save about $10 on buying donuts this week. So I really appreciate you having a heart and understanding the concept of Sabbath rest, uh, of, of giving me one month off so uh, or one week off, so that's good. There are puzzles and word things that relate to our message this morning. If you haven't had a chance to get some, you should get some before Braden and Seth fill them all out. 
Well, during the month of January, we were working through our vision and our values as a people who have decided to follow Jesus. What we were trying to do is we were trying to answer the who questions related to who we are as a people. And now during the month of February, we're going to switch gears and we're going to set out to, to work through uh, what some people call logistics and tactics, but I prefer to call it the how questions, the how questions. Now that we understand who we are as a people who have decided to follow Jesus, now that we understand that our desire as a church is to become gospel-shaped people who in response to the grace we've received from Christ, that we follow His example of love and service. Now we're going to spend a few weeks talking about what does this look like? How are we going to do this? And so to do this, we're going to turn first to the book of Acts. And the thing that's interesting about the book of Acts is that it's this compelling narrative of how the followers of Jesus are carrying out the mission of Jesus. And so when we look at the book of Acts, when you journey through its pages, what you see is that the followers, they begin to proclaim the message of the gospel. They start in Jerusalem, but then they go throughout all Judea and Samaria and to all the known Mediterranean world of the time. And that's really a really interesting picture that we get of the book of Acts. Now, in the opening chapter of the book of Acts, we see something rather remarkable. What we see is a remarkable change in the disciples. They are different men. They are different followers. Acts 1 opens up with a much different picture of who these followers of Jesus are. What we see is the evidence of transformation in their life. What we see even in this first chapter is we see the fruit of time spent with Jesus of being with Him. And see, here the disciples, they are facing a new and changing reality. They're facing something they have not faced before. They're facing life and carrying out the mission of Jesus without the physical presence of Jesus. And so right away in chapter 1 of the book of Acts, we see that they do three things. First, they gather together. Second, they prepare for mission And third, they devote themselves to prayer. But here's an important reality to recognize and understand. This moment of gathering, this moment of preparation, this moment of devotion is the response to a season of crushed expectations and personal failure. They meet with the thing they least hope. They fail Jesus, even though they promise Him, no, we won't fail you. And in the opening chapter of the book of Acts, these men, wow, they're transformed. Have you ever found yourself in such a season when what you least expected happened? When what you most expected to happen did not happen? I mean, have you ever been in a situation personally where things didn't work out quite like you expected? Enough of the last two years, right? Let's quit talking about that. Here's what's interesting. The followers of Jesus found themselves in this same exact position. All that they had hoped for and dreamed that Jesus would do, He does not do. All that they wanted to happen does not happen. In fact, in some ways, their worst nightmare came to pass. So, here's what we're going to do today. 
We're going to pretend that Gonzo and Rizzo are our guides. And we're going to journey along with them as we move from scene to scene to scene in a rather short period of time and show this remarkable transformation of the followers of Jesus. Before we embark on this journey, though, let's pray together. Father, would you open our hearts? Would you open our minds to understand the truth that you have for us today? We pray through Christ. Amen. So the first picture that we get is of the gathered and how they scatter. Our first glimpse is a preview and a prelude of, of things to come. So, so for this first picture, we've joined Gonzo and Rizzo, and we're, we're standing now in a room, and we're quietly observing what is happening in this room. Now, we're watching as the followers of Jesus along with Jesus, and what has happened is the bread has been broken, and then the cup has been shared among them. And then the Bible tells us that the followers, along with Jesus, they sing a hymn together. Now, it's probably not 728B, and it's probably not, oh, why not tonight? But we know that they sing a hymn together and they share in this moment. I think about this moment a lot. I think about this moment in the upper room after they have shared the Lord's Supper one last time before Jesus' crucifixion, how they share in the bread, how they share in the cup, and then there's this note that they, they sing a hymn together. What's happening here is, is a calm before the storm. This is the moment of peace and, and tranquility, and I think about this moment even though Jesus on many occasions has told them what is yet to come, they do not understand that what is yet to come is about to be. And so we pick up this narrative where Jesus quotes to His followers in that upper room a quote from the prophet Zechariah. So let's listen in Matthew 26, verse 31, as Dax reads this for us. Then Jesus told them, this very night, you will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. So what you need to remember is that the disciples, they expect Jesus as the Messiah to overthrow the Roman government. That's what they're expecting. They're expecting Jesus to lead them in a military triumph to overthrow the Romans. Instead, what Jesus is doing in this moment is He is leading them into the unfolding tragedy and confusion of crucifixion. So can you imagine being in that room and breaking that bread and sharing that cup and singing that hymn and then Jesus looking at you and saying, the shepherd is about to be stricken. He says, I will be struck down, and you as the sheep, you will scatter. I mean, we listen to Jesus as he shares this prophetic word for Zechariah, and then Peter says, no, not me. Not going to happen. He looks at the rest of the people in the room and says, well, some of them maybe, but not me. And the rest of the disciples, when they hear this, they say, no, no, not us, Lord. We're with you all the way. And then it's almost as if Jesus is saying, well, we'll see. We'll see. And so we move then from this upper room, and we go from this place, and now we're in a garden 
We're in a garden where all of this is about to happen, but let's first of all see how Jesus responds to them from John 16, 32. A time is coming, and in fact, has come when you will all be scattered. Each your own home, you will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. So this is the second time that Jesus said to them, you're, you're getting ready to scatter. You're getting ready to flee. You're getting ready to hide in your own home. So this, this narrative is moving forward to this point of collision. And now we've left the upper room and we find ourselves in the garden. And in this moment, Jesus is betrayed by Judas. And Jesus is arrested by a mob. And in that precise moment, that very night, the words of Jesus quoting from the prophet Zechariah come true. Listen as Flo reads to us from Mark 14, verse 50. Mark 14, 50. And they all left him and fled. Isn't that something? That, that after all of that, no, we'll never leave you. No, we'll never abandon you. No, we're with you till the end. That in Mark chapter 14, this stark and painful truth, and they all fled. There's a really funny moment in the Gospel of Mark. A, a young, sleepy man comes out into the, to the garden, and apparently he's wearing nothing but his bed sheet. And in the, in the confusion of the moment, as he tries to flee, a, a soldier grabs the bed sheet and he runs away naked. Now, here to reenact this scene is... Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I forgot it's a family show now. So, Larry, cancel, cancel, cancel. But you see how painful this is? The shepherd is struck down. The sheep scatter. The followers flee. The disciples disperse. The chosen are crushed. This is certainly not their finest hour. And so we move to this gathering, to the gathering of the scattered. And, and now we move to Resurrection Sunday. The disciples, true to what Jesus says, the Gospel of John tells us that they're hiding. They're hiding in homes. But see, what they don't know is that the stone has been rolled away. What they don't know is that Jesus has been raised to life by the power of God. They're hiding in their own tomb and Jesus has been liberated from death. He's been liberated from, from, from the power of death. The power of God has raised him. And do you know what his first mission is? The first mission of the resurrected Lord is to gather the scattered. That's the first thing he wants to do. And so to those women who are there in the tomb, he commissions them as heralds of good news. I love the way John chapter 20, verse 17, he speaks to the women. He says, now, now go and tell them. Tell my brothers. He's telling them, go find them that I'm going to ascend to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And here in this most precious moment, Mary goes from the tomb and she has a special announcement that she gives to those who are hiding. Listen now as Anna shares the message that Mary gave to the disciples. Um, Mary Magdalene, the Fouts, I have seen the Lord. Back to you, Wendy. Thank you. And now over to Quay in sports or weather. Isn't that fantastic? 
that this message, this herald of good news, is someone who stands and proclaims, I have seen the Lord. Oh, this is the turning moment. This is where the narrative begins to shift, where it turns, where it begins to move. And so now we move to another gathering And the disciples have all gathered together, but the Gospels tell us they're still behind locked doors because they're afraid of the repercussions of those who had Jesus killed. They they don't know yet what's going on, and the Bible tells us that Jesus appears to them. Now, one of the followers by the name of Thomas wasn't there, and so about eight days later, I think they left, but eight days later, they come back together, they find themselves in that very same room again, and Jesus appears to them. And then time goes by. Time passes, we're not sure how much time passes, what's going on in this period of time, but here's what we know, the followers of Jesus go restless. I mean, you've heard of cabin fever, right? This is upper room fever is what this is. They grow restless. They're not sure what to do. I mean, was it surprised anyone that Peter's the one that stands up and says, I can't take this anymore. I'm going crazy in here. Peter's the kind of guy that has to do something. Now, listen, what you need to understand, this is one of the most pivotal moments in all of the Bible right here. (laughs) Because Peter says and does what any wise and God-fearing and spiritual man of God would do in this kind of situation. But don't take my word for it. Listen to the authority, Gary, read to us from John 21.3 about what, Jesus, what Peter does. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we'll go with you. They went out, got into the boat, but that night... They caught nothing. Okay, I'm not suggesting that going fishing is always the answer. I mean, but it is in the Bible. So if you want to argue with the Bible, then, then you go right ahead. I mean, I know that when, when Gary leaves the house now, he just leaves a note for Jennifer that says John 21.3. And she responds with the proverb, I won't go into which one. But now let's move together to the shore of the Sea of Tiberias. And what we do here is we witness Jesus and a second miraculous catch of fish. But that's not all we see. We watch as Jesus tends a charcoal fire. And on this charcoal fire, He's he's cooking breakfast. He's cooking breakfast. For the followers out on the sea, this unfolding moment, what we are about to witness here, this is a moment of redemption. The shepherd that has been struck down has been raised to life. The sheep that have scattered are now being gathered back to the one, and he does so over a charcoal fire, cooking breakfast for them. We watch this most tender moment. It's as if we're watching the words of Jesus talking about His great love for Jerusalem, how He longs to gather them as a hen would gather chicks under His wings. Listen as Rick reads to us from John 21, 12 through 14. Good morning. I'll be reading from John chapter 21, verses 12 to 14. This is the English Standard Version. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. 
Now, none of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. Now, this was the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. There's a lot of third times that happened in the Scripture. Jesus tells of his death three times. The third time he's revealed to him. You know, this is the third time that he's fed followers a meal of fish and bread. Third time. You know, I was thinking about that. Okay, yeah, you can raise the dead. You can bring people back to life. You can heal sick. You can open eyes to the blind. And all you can do is serve fish and bread? I mean, it seems like just a really limited menu right there if you, if, you, if you think about it, right? There's this moment where Jesus is going to gather and welcome back His people, and He says, let's have breakfast. Let's eat. Isn't this great? They're out there trying to catch fish. They don't have any fish, and there He is with fish. And after this miraculous catch, they come together around this charcoal fire, and Peter and Jesus begins to restore his disciples, even beginning with Peter. Now, I'd love to stay here at this charcoal fire, but alas and alad, we have to move on. And now we stand on the hillside watching as Jesus speaks to his followers. You see, the last moment that Jesus was on a hillside, he was on a cross, and he was being lifted up to die. And now he stands on this hillside and he has something to say to his followers. And we're standing there and we're watching as they all gather close. Soon the words of Mary are going to be fulfilled. The time that Jesus has spent with his followers has been preparation for this moment. And yet even in this moment, the followers still struggle to understand the plan of God. The followers still wrestle with unmet expectations. They ask Him even in this moment, Now, Lord? Now? What they're asking is this, Is now the time that you will restore the kingdom to us? Will you do it now, Lord? And Jesus gathers them together and He begins to speak. So we press in closer because we want to hear the words of Jesus in this moment. And this is what He says to them. Listen as Mallory reads to us from Matthew 28. Mallory, I'm going to be reading from Matthew 28, 19 through 20. And it says, therefore, go and make all go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, if you're following the story, what happens next is Jesus ascends. He leaves, the physical presence of Jesus leaves this earth. He ascends back to His Father and their Father. He ascends back to His God and their God. And you know what the followers do? (laughs) What we would do, they stand there frozen, looking up. They stand there so long till two angels appear and say, What are you doing? Why are you still standing here? They give the followers a message of hope and encouragement. They say, oh, he's going to come back. 
He's going to come back one day in the very same way that He left. Now, we have one more place to visit on our journey today with Gonzo and Rizzo as we talk about the gathering of the gathered. So we end right back where we started. Maybe the room is familiar to you now. And we take our familiar place quietly up against the wall once again because now we're back in the upper room. And this is where it all started. But something has happened. Something is different about this time in the upper room. We stand there in this room where the bread was broken, where the cup was shared, where the hymn was sung, and where the startling announcement was made. But something's different about this moment. We watch as the disciples busy themselves with some business. We listen closely as they begin to discuss strategy and logistics. They're discussing who should take the place of Judas among their number. They're discussing the framework that they're going to employ for how to choose someone else to join their number. Do you see what's happening here? Do you understand this pivotal moment of what is occurring? This marks a shift. This marks a change, a transition. They're embracing a new reality. They are imagining a new reality of life without the physical presence of Jesus. They're working through the how questions. How are we going to do it? Jesus said for us to go. How are we going to do it? They're preparing to go. Listen, You don't appoint another person to join your number if you're going to abandon the mission. You appoint someone else because you intend on carrying out the mission. And so we read in the book of Acts, chapter 1 and verse 14, one of the most important moments in the life of the early followers. Let's read this together. All these with one accord... We're devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. This is so good. Now, I really want to make a joke about the Honda car in the passage because it's hard for me to see how they all fit in one accord, right? A pilot, maybe. I mean, I think a sprinter would have been a whole lot better. But do you see this transformation Now, it's important whenever you're reading the Bible to pay attention to any time you see the word devoted. That's an important word. This word devoted, it means to to stay close to, to be attached to. And we're going to see this word come up in several places as we together try to answer these how questions. But this is the first thing that we see today, that in this moment of their life when everything changed for them, they do three things. They gathered together. They gathered together. 
we can't dismiss the power of us gathering together. They prepared for mission. They knew that God had something for them. And so they wanted to be ready. And they devoted themselves to prayer. They devoted themselves to this aspect of talking to God. We're in the same situation. We live life without the physical presence of Jesus. And so as we embark this month of February working through these how questions, let's be more focused on gathering together. Let's be single-minded in our pursuit to prepare for mission. (laughs) But let's be a people who are devoted to prayer, who stay close to this, who are attached. For just like they did, In just a moment, we're going to break bread together and we're going to share in the cup together as we sing this hymn.